Hey guys, we're going to be starting here in just a minute. I just wanted to go ahead and say I can't wait to dive into the Batman. This is actually part of our Batman rewatch series. Do us a favor though, real quick. Go over to, to Apple Podcasts, rate us over there. And also to go over to Good Pods, rate us over there. And of course on Spotify as well. That actually helps other listeners to be able to go ahead and find us at on our audio podcast. But anyways, for further ado, let's go on ahead. I got Tamika here. I have Charlie here. We're excited to dive into this movie. So let's go on ahead. Let's do this. And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. With me, I have Tamika with me again, and I also have Charlie. We're all here excited to talk about Batman Begins, and this movie is one of my favorite movies out of the trilogy for the Christopher Nolan universe. This is more of your realism, Batman. This is not connected with the comic books as much or heavily adapted into the comic books that we all know and love or anything like that, but it does do a really good job of adapting adapting Batman into the into this world and also to giving us a better viewpoint of this could be something that someone could actually do versus the fact that it's all comic book related. We don't have no aliens. We don't have Superman. We don't have all these supernatural beings. We have basically just a normal guy who winds up something ha- winds up happening to him. It's an origin story and mixed in with the origin story. You have a psyche of who Bruce Wayne and Batman is. So that's something that I really liked. And of course, you also have Scarecrow in this movie. You also have Raz Agul in this movie, though, too. Um, but this budget, this movie actually had a budget of $150 million with, And then also, too, it made $371.9 million at the box office. So that's really impressive. But overall, what did you guys think about this film? You guys, Amiga. <laughs> Yeah, this this is in Charlie's wheelhouse. Um, but yeah, I I like this film. Um, like even though I'm a Keaton fan and that's where my Batman starts, I think uh Christian Bell does a great job in Nolan as well because he really um dives deeper into um uh, what happened with Batman. Like we all seen throughout the movies, like yeah, his parents get shot. But it ends there, right? But with this one, you actually see after the funeral, and then you see him conversating with Alfred, like, oh, it was my fault. Um, and then you see like more of him coming home from college and then just being lost and trying to find himself in the criminal underworld type of thing. Like it goes more into um the fear. Yeah, uh, it goes more Gotham. into the fear, and then it goes more into the life of Batman. Like it kind of fills those gaps, <clears throat> if you may. Um, so yeah, I like that. Um, I just I find it interesting that in the comics it's Raish Al Ghul, and in here is Raz Al Ghul. So I wasn't sure if like Nolan or whoever was aware of it, but um, I guess that's just uh like the old classics or old heads of comics, they'll probably find be a stickler for that. Um, but I can't really find anything negative about this film, to be honest. I, I really liked it. It 
went beyond just the classic origin that we know of Batman and his parents. Um, Because I don't know any other films that I guess went deeper into like they're in the theater and he looks at bats um, like they're doing some stage play about bats or something. And then he asks his dad, can we go? Like it just filled in the gaps for me. That's all I'm saying. I definitely like that, to be honest with you. This is actually my first introduction to Christopher Nolan's world. I never saw a Christopher Nolan movie, so this was like the first movie that was directed by Christopher Nolan, and I didn't know what to expect going into it. Mm-hmm. And of course, I was in high school whenever this movie came out, or just getting out of high school, but I was excited to see what they were going to do, because it's been a while since we actually had a Batman film, so I didn't know what quite to expect. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'll go into more about that in a few minutes, but I'll let Charlie go on ahead to give his initial thoughts on it, though, too. Charlie, you have the floor. Yes. I love, <laughs> this movie was great. I mean, I'm a huge Christopher Nolan fan. The way he just brings the best out of people that he gets, like, that he, that he gets in these movies. Like, I mean, this is the first introduction. Like, you see, like, My- Michael Keane, um, not Michael Keane, Michael Caine. And then he's used Michael Caine in a lot of his other movies. You got Christian Bale, which... I don't like he's used in his quite of his other movies. Like, so he's got guys that they're really good actors besides Katie Holmes, but that's, that's uh, <laughs> whatever. I, I, and then again, I will say I like her in better in this one than I did Maggie Gyllenhaal as Rachel. Um, but we can get into that when we ever, we, when, when we get to the dark night, but I, I, I thought that it was, it was not, a, it didn't overshadow the whole movie. It was very sporadic here and there. And it just shows that I had friendship, but I mean, from this, the cast alone in this movie, you get a lot of people that are really good actors, and no one does a really good job. I mean, when you got him, you got a cinematographer, like, everything about this movie is really good from everybody, and everybody stepped up their A-game. Again, this, for me, was um, your Michael Keaton. For me, this is my first introduction into Batman, because, yeah, I... I mean, I don't remember watching Batman Robin as a kid. I mean, I, I don't maybe wasn't paying attention. I was watching other stuff. I mean, but when I heard, like, I didn't hear about this movie. I I, I saw you saw some trailers. I don't remember about does the about the Tumblr. Does it come in black? I mean, for me, that is the best Batmobile. Like a freaking tank. I mean, I, I seen that. So, and then it was like, I was visiting my grandparents and like, I do remember playing the PS2 video game that was adapted to this game. So that, so my dad was like, I was up with visiting my grandparents and we're like, let's go see Batman. So it was me and a bunch of my cousins. Um, the other reason the movie was good is because, well, we had a projector issue in the theater. Yeah. So we didn't see a lot of the trailer. So we got a free pass. And so luckily we got a free pass and I used to, we used to go see Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So it was a pretty good summer, <laughs> but this wow. movie is like it was very entertaining. It was the like, I mean it starts out slow, but you see visually the world. This looks like it looks real. It's not cartoon. Looks like Gotham. It, it's got yeah, it's dark. I mean, I and mean, then that's why everybody's like, oh, the Batman movies are so dark, but they're so dark because they're real. This could happen in a sense, like the dark underworld and all that stuff, but the, the, the world looks great. I mean, the scene, Ra- Raz al Ghul's area, I mean, and then getting Liam Neeson as Ra- to play Raz, that was yeah. like, that was awesome. And this was before, if anybody's wondering, this was before he went into becoming the action star that he is. 
in the Taken movies. He mm. did that like five, like about yeah, about four years later. Wow. He did that yeah, in like 2009, 2008. Yeah. So, but this is him, like I said, because you usually don't see Liam Neeson play a bad guy. Mm-hmm. He was, he was like, and then, and then I, I gotta appreciate that beard. That was that was good. <laughs> He's good in it. I mean, and I loved seeing the behind the scenes. You got more of Bruce Wayne. Like I think for me, this is my favorite Bruce Wayne and Batman because he resembles both. He he's really good as Bruce Wayne because you see more of him, the business side about I bought all the shares. Mm-hmm. Like he knows about the business side, and then and he's also the he's he you see more of the playboy philanthropist that he mm-hmm. is, and you see him with the two the two girls. Uh, can you like I'm gonna make some rules about the pool. Like you see him right. as the junior playboy, you see him interacting with people, and then you don't. We didn't get this in the other movies, so it's a really nice change to actually see a more grounded Bruce Wayne. But yet, he's really smart. Like in this one, like he knows what he's doing, and and Michael Caine as Alfred, he, this is the best Alfred. Like I think, like for me, this is the best Alfred out of at all the other ones. Like they gave him a lot to do compared to the yeah. other. Uh, well, the other Alfred that we had from the bat, the other Batman movie that we had. Yeah, he can fight. Yeah. I mean, he he. If somebody's attacking the house, he's not letting them in. He's he's actually kicking them out of the house. Or <laughs> listen, or, we talked about. Yeah, I know, I know. I was just supposed to mention that. But yeah, uh, you, you see him do more because I think we learn we learn in every well, these next few movies we learn a little bit about his back history. Hence, probably why they created the that show Pennyworth. On mm. the Epic channel, where or you Gotham, know, well, yeah, yeah, Penny's worth more, more Penny. Like, not, I didn't, I didn't watch Gotham. I, I watched like one episode. I'm like, it's not, not, not enough Batman for me, so I'm, I'm out. <laughs> but I think yeah, you see, you just see more of his character. And then again, the Jer- Jeremy Irons character, he was really good too. And um, with the one of Ben Affleck, mm-hmm. like the Ben Affleck ones. But I, I think for me, Michael Caine it resembles Alfred because he do, he's more to do. He know he's more involved. And like when they were buying the cap, like the, 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 uh, the horns of Batman, mm. the, the cows or crows or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, and he's like, okay, well we need to do this one. And then yet we need to buy like more from this other ones to avoid suspicion. Like, like they know they're very like methodical in this. And that's what I really appreciate more. This is more grounded, but yet they're more methodical. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, this was a great movie. I mean, I, I think I, I, I would give this easily a nine. Um, and it's a good stepping point to be get the juggernaut. That is a dark night. And that is the juggernaut out of this franchise. In a sense, in trilogies, you can maybe consider this, like if you compare it to star Wars, the empire strikes back is kind of like the dark night in a sense. Yeah. Well, this is another thing I have to say that I really enjoyed about it was the fact this looks and feels like the Gotham City that you uh, that we envisioned in the comics. Especially when Bruce is on 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 that ride with his parents, we actually get to see and experience how big Gotham actually is mm-hmm. in this city. Stuff like that, which is something that I really appreciated from the visuals that he that Christopher Nolan actually did. And then also too, another thing I want to wanted to dive into a little bit was the fact that I liked also, too, of how Alfred winds up telling Bruce, hey, look, you need to keep up with appearances. You need to go ahead and make yourself look like a playboy while you're doing this. 
Otherwise, it's going to make it look like you're not doing In other words, it makes it look like that you're actually Batman whenever people are speculating on it. So I like how he's like, look, you're going to have to do this as a front. Go to your back over to your uh, Wayne Enterprises and keep up with the parents. And also to know what's going on in your own father's business, because chances is they're not doing what they need to be doing. So that's of course. And also, too, I also like the little bit of humor in this movie, though, too. Like when Morgan Freeman goes, oh, you didn't get the memo. I also mm-hmm. like the little nods here. It wasn't forced. It was like little small laughing moments that was actually perfect for the film. And it wasn't like over the top. And especially with Chris, uh, especially with, um, not com- well, he's not Commissioner Gordon yet. But especially the things with Gordon, they gave Gordon a lot more things to do compared to the other movies and everything, too, because they gave him a chance to save the day as well. Because people forget if it wasn't for Gordon. They, he wouldn't he wouldn't Batman wouldn't have been able to save anybody if you think about it, because they, he had to break that bridge and everything for um, Bruce to go for Batman to go ahead and save everybody. So that's another thing. But I liked how excited um, Gordon gets when he breaks the bridge and he celebrates it. Mm-hmm. And also, too, you know, the other Batman, like the Schumacher, Schumacher Batman, and then, of course, in Tim Burton's Batman, it started to get to the point where that Commissioner Gordon was getting a little too over the top with the humor, especially with Poison Ivy and Batman and Robin. The point was like, you know what? I want a serious Gordon. I want him to be doing more than just saying, "Hey, Batman, we have a we have a mission for you." I've wanted uh, Commissioner Gordon to be a little bit more fleshed out a little bit, and also give him a little bit more stuff to do. And Nolan does that; he does that really well, in my opinion. And um, also, too, another thing that I feel like that this movie does is it's smart. It doesn't allow us to be doesn't. Here's the thing with Nolan. He doesn't make the audience look like they're dumb mm. either. He lets the movie go and lets it be its own thing rather than saying, oh, so you were wondering about this? Let me show you. No. They all go on ahead and they let the audience decide for themselves and then they show it and everything. So that's something that I really appreciated with that. Nolan did a really good job of explaining, hey, look, this is your more reali- realistic take on Batman. This is my take on Batman. And even with Scarecrow, I was thinking of the animated cartoon whenever I first got into it, to be honest with you. Because I didn't know what direction that Nolan was going to take or anything like that. I didn't know. And of of course, at that time, I was a little little down because of the fact of what I got. But then after that, I went on ahead and rewatched it again whenever it came out on DVD and everything. And I wound up loving it more now because all those senses of me having that expectation of it being like an animated film or being what I thought was into a comic book are completely gone. And I watched the movie for what it was. And that's what made me enjoy it even more, but I'll let you guys go in and have the floor as well. <laughs> well, I like the fact that commissioner Gordon is basically part of Batman's origin. Like he's there to help um, Bruce Wayne out once he find out his dad died. And like I father said, figure. I, yeah, father figure. Like I said, I, I like how it it filled in the gaps. It went further, like beyond what we all saw. 
because I'm assuming Nolan would think, okay, they saw his parents die. Okay, well, let me go. Let me explore further. Let me go to, okay, Commissioner Gordon. Let me go to after the funeral. Let me talk about what happened after the fact that he is dealing with grief and loss. Let me, let me talk about how he lost himself. Let me put, let me take them on a little journey of Bruce becoming Batman. So I, I like that part. And also, because I think I bring this up a lot with Charlie whenever we talk about Nolan movies, and you see the aspects of dreams. That, that comes into play as well, like dreams and, and fear, like his fear with bats and how he has to overcome that fear. And I like what Rawls or Rage or however you want to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> it it it's basically depends on like the hard book comic book fans versus the movie fans or how you pronounce whatever racial raws are cool um i like how he too was a father figure in a sense you know when bruce was learning the ways of the shadow was it the shadow yeah. league of yeah. shadows league of shadows he was learning the ways of the league of shadows and he was just talking to him you know and it was like a narrative like he took us into why he's afraid of bats and Roz or Raish I'm gonna say Roz or Raish and do in between um he's like just sitting there listening to him like a father figure so I think Nolan is showing that Bruce has a lot of um men in his life that provide his father figure role that he lost when his father died. So that's an interesting aspect in itself. Now, the part that was a, I think the part that kind of made the movie stale was Katie's home performance. Like it was kind of lackluster. Like she was just one dimension. Well, she was just there for like a common love interest, to be honest with you. Well, yeah, well, she could have just spruced it up a little bit. Like, this well, is awesome <laughs> freak, you know. She'd be like Vicky Vale or something where she just <laughs> goes in. We need to do something. She's, she was giving me Dawson's Creek, and we need Nolan performances here. Yeah, I liked her over. I'm, I'm with Charlie. She wasn't the best out of the whole entire thing with Batman Begins, but. Yeah. You know, I liked her better than uh, the actress that we had from the second film. She was below average to Katie Holmes. I don't know why we couldn't get anybody um, to fill those roles who could be up to par. Even if Rachel is just this side character, this one-dimensional character we could at least got somebody who matched the level of performances that's what i'm saying go charlie i don't i think maybe they no one might did that because i don't think he wants everybody to not be distracted maybe that's why they did katie holmes and that because in the last batman few batman movies you got to have the oh the the like the it person we need we need this girl like we need like uh kim basinger she's blonde so everybody was to stare at her, like I think, because I think, I think, I said maybe this, there's a lot of sexism back then in the '90s, and I guess maybe that was too, because that that kind of took you out of the movie. And Be honest with you. In that, like, oh, go ahead, John. Sorry, man, I didn't mean to cut you off, but 
but you know, I do want to mention something with the nineties compared with eighties and nineties that you mentioned to actually help you out a little bit too, mm-hmm. because in the nineties, everybody depicted blonde women as sexy in every single movie that you can think of, whether it's a comedy with Chris Farley in it, for example, woman was always blonde in every single movie in the nineties. I can guarantee you that you can find a woman that's blonde 99.9% of the time, skinny, Lamontrous has long legs, didn't do anything to amplify the plot. Best of the best also shows that, though, too, Charlie, which is the one that stands clear in my mind. But Beverly Hills Ninja is also another one with Chris Farley that I want to mention. So they didn't do anything to motivate the plot. They were just there for a lump interest, and that's it. But I'll let you go on ahead and make out your other points, though. Yeah, but I, yeah, I agree. Like, I think this one, I think no one didn't want it. Like, he kind of like put that whole love interest on the back burner. Because he wants you to get into the actual story. This is a Batman movie, not a Batman love interest movie. This right. is strictly on the beginning of Batman. And I think that's why no one probably, maybe he chose that. I think he kind of got away with a little bit in the Dark Knight. Again, the Dark Knight is definitely a 10. 10 out of 10 easily. But I think, I think because I, I think he had Joan Hall in there. And again, I don't know. Or maybe Katie Holmes read the script. I'm like, what I die? Yeah, I ain't being a part of that. <laughs> and if you haven't seen this movie by then, I'm like, well, it's been a, it's been about 14 years, and everybody's seen The Dark Knight, so should have won Best Picture. But that's just, that's another day. But okay. again, I think that's what that's probably the reasoning for that. Again, I thought Gary Oldman was fantastic as Gordon, mm-hmm. and I liked that more. It was Gordon was just more of a, more of him. It's kind of like not only just a Batman origin, it was a Gordon origin. Mm-hmm. Like we start out, he you see him, he has family. Honestly, he's not fat. He's not just like, like, oh, like, like he's not, he's not, he's, he's, he's not obnoxious. Mm-hmm. He, he's, he's serious. And yet he's working with Batman. So in a sense, they, the two of them were like a really good tandem. So it was the kind of start of that. And I think Gary, Gary Oldman was absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Gordon. I think he is my best Gordon, like favorite mm-hmm. Gordon out of all yep, the Batmans. Like he nails it. Like, again, everybody's given their A game in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. Katie Holmes aside, but I think the <laughs> okay. one the one aspect I gotta like knock Nolan for is because of this movie we got Joffrey. If you're not wondering, the kid, <laughs> the kid that Batman helped, that's not that's his Joffrey. <laughs> Scarecrow scared him though, all the way into Game of Thrones to where he's traumatized and now he wants to go ahead yeah. and take it out on everybody else. See, I'm if, not lying on if, that one. The kids actually, it's Joffrey. Like they, they, they've done so many comparisons. The two, of, like the kid in this movie is the guy that plays, it's the actor that portrays Joffrey on Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the kid is like, wow, the kid's so nice. And he turns to that. I'm like, Dane, Batman just needs to bitch slap him. And honestly, like just like, uh, I mean, I'm, I had to mention that because it's true because somebody was going to ask, but yeah, the kid that Batman helps out becomes Joffrey in Game of Thrones. Let that sink in. But yeah, that, that's the one nitpick joke I have to mention because of this movie, we got Joffrey. But um, no, I mean, I and I think the visuals and then the action sequences were really well shot. Like, again, that one, everybody's like, well, it's really shaky. Can't see. I think that's the point. It's fast and swift, like Batman. Batman I didn't really feel the shaky cam, to be honest with no, you. I didn't either. It was shaky cam? I was, no, I was no, no, no. It wasn't shaky cam. It was like really fast, like him when he's like, when he's surrounded by those 10 guys in the. Uh, oh, oh, in, in, okay. I didn't even notice. It yeah. was, it was like, I mean, it, you see him like take out every guy, like it took out, like take him out in a minute. It's mm-hmm. not shaky cam, 
but it, this like this the quick cuts like back and forth. Mm-hmm. I think there was a reason he did that. I think it's just to show you how quick and like and how quick and methodical Batman is. He can take out an entire army of guys. Mm-hmm. And then again, um, but yeah, I think it's not shaky cam, but it happened like a it's like a really quick like you see like him, a quick cut. Wait, yeah, it's really quick. I think it, I think it was meant for like I think there was no like there was a reason for it, not just for the sake of oh we need shaky camp because I can't shoot an action. No, I think there was a reason for it, but it's like I think really it's quick to demonstrate the quickness and how quick Batman can take down somebody. Yeah, and the kung yeah. fu fighting and stuff. Also, that, the, camera, just... the camera is uh, a viewer in itself. Like the camera is our eyes, or it's I don't know, it's it's like a a, a person or whatever the film school terminology is so it's a lens so even if batman is doing all this stuff the camera is there as our eyes taking us into this action scene like whoa whoa because that's if you were to see a fight like that i i guarantee you you would kind of see it in that sequence like Mm -hmm. everything is so fast i don't know where to look so yeah, the camera represents us in a sense. We're yeah. there to hear Batman speak. We're there to see him fight. We're the ones that know his secret identity. So all the people complaining about, oh no, it's so shaky. I'm like, get over yourself. No, I've seen worse shaky cam. I have too. <laughs> but I think the other part I liked is um, back this when this movie came out. That's when like the MTV Movie Awards was actually good, and they did the uh, the spoof of this one. I think it was like Jimmy Fallon was hosting the yep. MTV Movie Awards. It's Tank Man, and so like Jimmy Fallon's trying to get like they kind of like what they did with the Matrix Reloaded with Sean William Scott and like mm-hmm. and Andy Dix in it. So this one is like. Jimmy Fallon's trying to get a ride to uh, that, and you see the bat. You see the the tumbler show up, and he gets in. He's like, "Batman, Batman's giving me the ride to it." And it's like, and so they're reacting the scene that was from what, like the chase sequence with the tank while I'm driving it again. And he said, "Find out it's Napoleon Dynamite. He's the guy that is. He's like Napoleon Dynamite. He's like, are you Batman? Like, no." Like it's the same. It's like like what type what, what what type of skills do you have? Oh, nunchucking skills. Yeah. Got a sweet arm blade. I mean, it's yeah. it's just the funny. Blooding. And then the funniest <laughs> part is the uh, when the when the when the tank's driving off the uh, on the roof, and he, and he dicks one of the cops, <laughs> and he goes, "It's driving on rooftops." And the other guy's like, "I just even said that, Phil." <laughs> 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 I mean, it's called Tank, uh, Man, Tank Man Returns, and he's like, and the, uh, but it's just that's this back when the MTV Movie Awards was actually yep. good, and they started doing the spoof stuff. But mm-hmm. and I was also when Fallon made fun of Anakin when he does the backflip into the lava. Yep, I I did not plan that well, but no, but like that's what this how popular this movie was that they just like they did an MTV movie or skit when the point dynamite is driving the tank and he goes and it, when he's trying to shoot the uh when he's on the uh the parking area he he's playing a, a, a crane machine and it looks like he's shooting and he gets him here wow cool stuff batman doll thanks <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean, what though man like, i remember like, loving that skit <laughs> man it's, it's, this movie's just so good i mean it's it's I mean, it's a good, it's a good introduction, and it actually brought back DC until DC went dark again. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it you know it didn't feel like a Batman movie, so maybe that's why with some fans or even the fans that like me like Keaton, 
like to be re reintroduced to Batman and to introduce him in a way where this doesn't feel like a Batman film. It gives us fresh lenses to see. Mm -hmm. Oh, this feels like a movie because it. If you didn't know that, if you didn't know the title, you wouldn't know that this was a Batman film. I mean, no, you wouldn't know the costume and everything else. But it feels like a TV show for two and a half hours, to be honest. Yeah, with you. and I was interested in um how he got into the criminal underground. Like, I don't know if that was in the comics because I didn't read the Batman comics. To be honest with you, they did get a couple of things right uh -huh. with Falcone and everything too, which is something that I really liked with Falcone was describing who he was and also too that accent had that Chicago kind of feel, which is kind of what I've imagined Falcone. So they got that right. Raza Ghoul was actually the one who killed Batman's parents. They got that right. Wasn't the Joker. That was just for plot motivation for the 89 Batman. Mm -hmm. It was never actually true to have that. To be honest with you, the League of Shadows was the ones who actually killed Batman's parents. Mm -hmm. The assassination. So they got that part right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's some realism, but they also adapt to the comic books a little bit here and there. It's like little small nods that actually help amplify the story and also help move the plot along. That's something that I really do appreciate. And also, too... I love the uh, the jujitsu training, mm -hmm. uh, how he has to try and prove himself to Raz and mm -hmm. trying to go on ahead and earn his trust. And also, too, he was about to get branded into this. He was about to become one of them. Yeah. And then he realized, wait, this is not the same goal that I had envisioned for me to save my city. My That's my city. That's where I was born at. And here you come wanting to destroy what I want to try and save. So once he took off the lenses and realized Roz's plan is not the same plan that he envisioned, that's when he turns on the league. And I, and I like that. Now, as far as being the criminal, I want to say, yeah, because of the fact that he was part of them in the comics. Mm -hmm. Because I remember uh, in the comics, though, too, him and uh, Roz's daughter actually team up and do a few things because of Roz's past. Mm. Everything, too. So that's a couple of things, though, too, that I want to mention. That's but yeah, I didn't. I did not know that he was I, until Batman Begins, because I'm just going based off the films. I was kind of shocked and surprised. I was like, "What is this? What is he learning?" I was too. Jitsu. What is? Who is this guy? You know, I didn't know what was going on, but I was still fascinated. I was like, "Oh, that's how he learned how to fight." And I was right. like. Interesting, because see, the, that's one of the problems with the '89 Batman because we're just thrown in with Batman, and that's it. We're not no thrown problem. in on how he can fight or anything. <laughs> we're just so glued in. Oh, okay, so he already knows how to fight. Versus, yeah. how did he learn of how to fight? Where did he get what? What was his motivation to fighting? What was his whole entire motivation other than to save the city and everything too? So we get all of that in this film, which wraps up really well, to be honest. And then. Another thing, too, I like how basically the characters are like the narrators in our minds. In other words, is he's riding on rooftops. Next thing you know it, the, the cops go, he's riding on rooftops. It's like they're inside our heads hmm. and everything and saying what we want to say in the film, in a sense. And also, too, Morgan Freeman as Lucius Fox was excellent casting mm -hmm. as well. He's like, I don't care what you do with your stuff, as far as I'm concerned. Don't let You're me. the one who owns this stuff. 
Yeah. Yeah. Sp- and he, I like how he's making up rumors as to why he's using it, and it's his own stuff. He's like he's afraid to use stuff from his own company. He goes, it's for spelunking. Okay. Hmm. And, and I liked how he calls him out on his own BS, though, too. He's like, so, is that why I saw the Batmobile or the Tumblr going across on top of rooftops because of spelunking? And I'm just going for, I'm not going for verbatim or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I'm just mm-hmm. paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. But I like how they actually have that added humor in with Morgan. Yeah. I didn't think he, I don't think Freeman questioned him. I think it was Alfred that was the one that was like watching okay. it. Like, it was like damn good television, is what Bruce said. I think the only thing that Lucius questioned him was about this was the spelunking. So what's it say, Mr. Wayne? Cave diving or something along those lines? I I, I think it was Alfred was the one that saw it, right. it was on TV because uh, Lucius got fired from Ur- That's right. Earl. Yeah, you're and right about that. There. But speaking oh. of back caves and everything, oh, you want to be shaving with the right tool for the job when you're going into a dark cave like Batman. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be shaving with the wrong stuff, right, Tamika? You want to actually shave oh, with the oh, best oh, <laughs> and everything. And guess what? Today is Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you guys could actually get something for your man from Valentine's Day to make him feel like a man and not have to shave his downstairs area like he lives in the back cave or anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you get exciting new. Here's the thing. Exciting news has actually crossed from our friends at Manscaped. They just launched their fourth generation performance package this Ultimate package includes the lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right. The 4.0 Manscaped, the leaders in male grooming have done it again to make your grooming game next level. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with the new performance package 4.0 by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code MovieLovesUnite. And, you know, there was a time whenever I used to actually shave with the wrong tools to the point where I thought I had to spend hours on standing in the ER with being awkward with my balls bleeding out. But you know what? With Manscaped 4.0, you don't have to worry about doing what I did or anything like that. You don't have to be awkward in the ER. You guys can go on ahead, go on ahead and shave with the best, which is the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. And also, too, you also get the uh, nose and hair trimmer the, called the Weed Whacker. You also get the uh, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant Crop Reviver Toner Performance Boxer Briefs and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. First off, the new Performance uh, 4.0 includes the Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is insane, and dare I say, the great ball trimmer ever. Yeah, yeah, I said it. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge somatic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin-safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 also has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multi-function on and off switch, and engage a travel lock, and gives you the ability to turn the 4,000, like I said, this is perfect if you're hiding in the back cave and you want to shave your balls. So guess what? You get the 4,000 LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Oh, did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? So that's always good whenever you want to go deep diving into the back cave and you want to shave your balls over there too. You thought that was good, but want to take your grooming even game even further to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker to chop your worst weeds up top knot not in your nose and ears. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor, power 360-degree rotary dual blade system. The nose and ear trimmer provides property skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Feel the deal with Manscaped Liquid Formulations. They're Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant for, for leaving the house and Crop Reserver Bowl Toner and for mid-game ball check. Trust me when I say this, fellas. Your balls will thank you. And Manscaped even threw in uh, some free gifts for you as well. 
uh, the 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers, the Shed Travel Bag, bring your comfort and boxers to another level. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code MovieLovesTonight at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with promo code MovieLovesTonight. And that's it. And your balls will thank you. Go on ahead and get back into uh, Batman Begins. <laughs> so... Um. But yeah, I loved like fought Morgan Freeman it was awesome as Fox. Oh, like yeah. I mean, like when you yeah. introduced him, you seen all the gadgets, and you get to see how does Batman get all those cool like toys. I think the line I love the most, the t- what's and he's like, what's that? Ooh, the tumbler. Ooh, I don't think he'd be interested in that. And and then when he, that's when you see the Batmobile for the first time, and like, does it come in black? And I was like, that thing for me is the Batmobile. So if anything that doesn't look like that. It's not the Batmobile for me. It's like it, it just it just doesn't because the scene the tank and this is seeing this nonchalant driving the tank in a car chase like and like and or Commissioner Gordon saying, "Man, I gotta get my, my get myself one of those." <laughs> like it's, it's 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 such a cool car because we don't we haven't seen something like this a tank as the Batmobile and then I think just this, this the Nolan trilogy the his vehicles are just so cool like. The motorcycle, how it becomes a motorcycle, was just awesome in in the in that. And then I even loved the 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 um I forgot the name of the uh the the like his his bat the flight machine. Oh flight. yeah, mm-hmm. I pretty I much call it like a bat wing, for example. But you, yeah, you <laughs> there was a name for it. I think I once I yeah. watched the Dark Knight Rises again at some point. Um, you'll I'll, I'll be able to get the name of it, but mm-hmm. that thing was cool the way it just flew in the sky. I mean, again, the cinematography in all these movies top notch, like, no one knows what he's doing, and that's why I think he was the perfect person. I mean, and then the next movie, we get IMAX sequences and how, like, mm-hmm. they, this is the first time a, a guy like the like a, the, a director would make a scene specifically for IMAX and that whole joker sequence like a batman trying to save, like try to save harvey dent sequence like not that sequence but when he's when he's like when he's like when harvey dent arrests himself on mm-hmm. batman that mm-hmm. whole sequence is imax and so again i mean no one's the one of the few directors that actually makes scenes for specifically for imax and that's what i really appreciate that he's a guy that cares about cinema there's not many directors that do but he's definitely one of them that he's trying to preserve cinema because he's like us, he's like a fan of the cinema, and that's that's the way you need to see these movies in a sense. Right, we get well, that a lot from the last film that he did and everything too. But going ahead, Tamika, I'm sorry, Charlie. If um, with the other movies, and I'm I'm being, um, you know, whatever. Uh, with the other movies, if you take the bat wings off of the car, it's just a Camaro, and then it's also like a Lincoln. So if you just take the wings off of Batman 89, then that's just like a black Camaro or a black Lincoln. Like it's one of them gigantic cars. Or a Lamborghini or something. For yeah. Example. No. Okay. I tried. No, I mean, and just for me, it's just, <laughs> the cars, like, they didn't really impress me. It's like, it's like, and because you're not selling that deal. No, I'm sorry. I'm not, I wasn't sold. Like, yeah, I mean, at the time, I know he was popular <laughs> and, and it just represents that he's just rich and he's just, yeah. exemplary. I mean, anybody can potentially drive a tank. Unfortunately, I mean, anybody could do that, but to see Batman just go nonchalant driving around in a tank. Yeah. 
Like, it's not a tank. It, 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 I mean, it, it just looks like when he's the tumbler. I mean, to seeing that thing, like, it's, like, mind-blowing of how, like, just seeing him driving that because you don't, because you, you, that's not what you think of Batman. But now, that's how I think of Batman now. Like, it's it's got to be a tank because you, you've got to be able to get from point A to point B in a really fast thing in order to say Rachel. If he was in that Camaro thing or the thing in the, the, the earlier ones, Rachel would be dead. And she wouldn't be coming back. They could like, go. If, yeah. Well, she still died. Yeah, I see it. <laughs> not, really. well, I mean, not, not, not because Batman didn't save her in time. I'm like, that, 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 we're talking about that's Dark Knight. Right, right. I got you. I guess we'll say it after Dark Knight. Right, right, right. I got you now. I got you. But, I mean, the joke is playing tricks, but. <laughs> now, there's only like two little small nitpicks, but it's not enough to actually, you know, it's just like little small things. Like, for instance, you can tell that that cow did not do him justice because you can tell when he's turning, he can't really move his neck. So he actually has to move his whole entire body. Like, like oh, it's... yeah, not perfecting it. Yeah. No. Yeah. You can definitely tell it was a very, a very still cow, but still it did the job that it needed to do for the film. That's like a little small nitpick. It's nothing major. You know what I'm saying? I just don't know. Sorry, John. I don't know. No, no, no. How... Um, Nolan dealt with Bale because he is notorious for being bitchy. Like he, he has done a movie with him. Oh, so he knows how to rein them in. Because yeah. I've heard Prestige. stories. Yeah, yeah well, I've heard stories, and that's and that's part of how Batman became the Nolan movies. Batman became popular. You hear these stories from the set about Bale cussing somebody out. Or he ranting and raving about something. And then you're like, oh, okay, let me check this film out. I mean, yeah, it was it was who Nolan, it was Nolan and his writing, but also it was unfortunately the drama of Bale. Like it, yeah. It happened that I know that one sequence you're talking about. I think he was on the set of Terminator Salvation. Oh yeah. That- that was the movie, and I think that was after the success of The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, it came out after that. Okay. Um, I knew about that. I mean, but I think I think Nolan's is one of those few directors that people actually want to work with him because okay. Nolan's one of those like there's very few directors now nowadays that you got these you want to work with them. Nolan mm-hmm. is one. I think Tarantino is another. Yeah, yeah. Scorsese. Mm-hmm. Maybe Cameron. Then again, Cameron. I mean, for Cameron though, you got to be like committed to like multiple movies. But yeah. no one's one of those few ones that gets people and then like on relationships. Does, yeah. Well, yeah, relationship. And he does. He's not. He's more about quality than quantity. Like mm-hmm. it's like he doesn't pop out movies like every so often like Bruce Willis. He does it because he. <laughs> I mean, that why, I agree. Why you got mess with Bruce Willis? Because, because Bruce Willis has only been playing category. the same. Right, Bruce, Bruce Willis plays himself. Pay, okay, <laughs> but anyway, Bruce back, Willis plays back. himself in every film. But still. yeah, and and he's got eleven movies, and they're all nominated for the Bruce Willis category of Razzie Awards. I'm well, not the kidding. Rock on is the same way. He got the same problem. He dresses um, alike in all of them. I mean, the Bruce Willis is direct to media. I mean, because Christian Bale is a big one this year. He's the villain in the new Thor movie. Oh, I didn't know that. 
he's uh he's like and he's gets a, he and and if he thinks like this is gonna be two different avenues seriousness in this one mm-hmm. and then you got to deal with uh taika waititi's thor oh, yeah. and so I'm, I'm interested how that's gonna work out Me but he's the, he's the bad guy in that one but i mean if if you if you were working with i think taika waititi now is definitely going in that range of you kind of want to work with him mm-hmm. because he saved thor he literally saved thor and for that, I gotta give him huge props because he's absolutely hysterical. But mm-hmm. so I mean, but it, I mean, I, again, I don't know. I mean, this like this was just a great movie. But I think, I think the, the thing is they improve on the cow as the movies progress. Like the, yeah, the, the Dark Knight, like he's got full range. Like the sequence yeah. right before he's about to jump mm-hmm. in Japan, he's m- full full range of yeah. motions, everything. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the thing. I think that again that we're just like we're just starting out with the cow. So he's just again, exp- and then that's why he's improving. Like hence when they destroyed the cows, like, well, at least we got a discount and then stuff like that. So, well, the next batch will be better. So they're improving. So this is like him getting used to it and everything. And, and I mean, honestly, for me, I think it just, this one, this looks, the suit looks awesome. And it looks realistic to me. In the uh, begins or in the next movie? Um, with the suit. Yeah. I think I think in this one it looks great. Mm-hmm. The next, but the but they get him. They get it gets better as mm-hmm. the movies progress in the suits. Okay. And I think I think this the sec the second movie is just is one of the, like one of my all time favorites. It's Mine literally too. the best. But they imp- essentially this movie is like the that reach kind of like a feeling out for Bruce. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just getting used to Batman. Okay, this works. I'm going to improve on that. He's always looking for a way to improving, not having the same outfit. And I loved it when when he just takes the cow off. He just takes it off. It doesn't have to rip off. Yeah, and that's why I, that's why I love about the technology. It's like the suit looks more realistic, and it's probably a lot more less cumbersome than all rubber. Mm-hmm. Another thing too is speaking of the technology, and I'll get into my second nitpick thing mm-hmm. in a minute. But I love the technology in this film to where they explain how he can do the things that he does and how the how it, he's able to glide and fly a little bit with the expansion of the wings of the bat wings and stuff like that, that he has electromagnetic pulses. I liked how they did that. I thought they explained the technology really good. And it was with mm-hmm. science. Mm-hmm. The thing that I want to say about this is when you look at Marvel and DC as a whole, Marvel mm-hmm. does things differently than what DC does. Marvel is basically your science. And DC mm-hmm does something more on the psychological aspect of certain things make hmm. you think and things like that if that makes sense yeah more of dealing with your governments and stuff like that versus that but with this the dealing diving into the sci- science uh stuff of it and that's something that i really enjoyed the second nitpick is just something funny <laughs> to me bruce has been gone for over seven years this is just like arrow He's been on that island. All of a sudden, Rain Arrow. All of a sudden, Arrow shows up. Batman. He's all of a sudden, Batman shows up after seven years or so from being away. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, I wonder who Batman is. I'm like, well, who do you think is rich? But still, it's the disbelief and why we're glued into these films of someone dressing up and giving people hope. Mm everything too it's just something that i really enjoyed um but yeah i just something that i thought that was actually funny it's not something that i took seriously or whatever but you know it's just something funny that i thought of like 
you know, seven years, you haven't seen Bruce, but yet you see this Batman coming around and you're wondering who Batman is, who can afford a tank uh-huh. and everything. So who else could it be? Same uh-huh. thing whenever you see Arrow coming in after so many years of being on the island, all of a sudden you see Arrow. Uh-huh. But, you know, it's it's just fun to just goof off a little bit and just, you know, and just enjoy it. Well, I think Marvel's getting into the psychological aspect of it with the new Doctor Strange movie. That's very true. Yeah. True. That is going to be like a huge mind trip in a sense. Like, like everything uh, I'm hoping it's nightmare in this next film. It's like a psychological, spiritual mysticism type. Of yeah, yeah, and there's like a lot to it, and I think it's nightmare, and then it's also Scarlet Witch. Is yes. like, isn't that? And then, and I think like, and then when you see that table that everybody's talking to him, I really think that's Charles Xavier, because uh, mm. you see you Patrick Stewart's voice. Oh, and, and his latest and I think in the new Doctor Strange in the oh, trailer, okay. you hear Patrick I watch it. You hear Stewart's voice, and then there's like a lot of like snippets like from the poster. One you see Carter, um, a uh, Captain Carter's shield. You see that or something like that. That's speculation. Uh-huh. One that I think they saw Deadpool in the poster, um, because in the and then the other one you see a brief image of Reed Richards sitting, hmm. and it's the the Reed Richards from the 2005 Fantastic Four. So there's a lot of like, there's going to be a lot of, yeah, a lot of multiverse. And I think think the TV spot in the Super Bowl, I think one was like, you see Doctor Strange as a defender, because that was originally the name of instead of the humans was defenders, not, not nothing to do with the Daredevil defenders, but, and then, but yeah, there's a lot of, there's going to be a lot of thought provoking stuff in it. And that's, that's the whole point of it. So it's like a night, like you're watching a Nolan movie, put on crack with the whole rules <laughs> and stuff. Um, but I mean, I think, and then, but yeah, this, that line by Scarlet, Witch, you, you did, you broke rules and they claimed you a hero. I broke them. Um, and, and everybody, you a hero. Right. right. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, so again, that, I think right now that for me, Again, we're Marvel, but it that's my one of my anticipated movies because that one was just it just looks so good and I love the first Doctor Strange. But multi, this like I don't know, this for me is just uh, my anticipated, but but this like get back to Batman. <laughs> but right. it's because, yeah, but it's like but the idea of the psychological Marvel's starting to go more into that. Mm-hmm. While DC's going into the more okay, I'm just gonna beat you just gonna like like the not like the more governmenty kind of things, but this is a great movie, honestly. It is. I mean, it's. I mean, Christopher Nolan is like he's just proven that he's just one of those top a, a top A directors that everybody wants. Everybody wants him, and and then and then again, like you got like cast members in this were just very good in this, like Cillian Murphy as Scarecrow, oh, yeah. Yeah, Doctor Crane, perfect. Like again, there's a lot of Katie Holmes not. But everybody else was like perfect casting, yes, and and it, it only gets better with the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Like the casting, Definitely. except for Maggie Gyllenhaal. But who yeah, cares? no, no. But uh, go, go on ahead, Tamika. I'm yeah, sorry. I was just gonna say two things. Um, yeah. There was a cringe-worthy moment to me when um, Rachel dropped Bruce off to Falcone, right? To because he thought he was just gonna go in there and kill him. Then he pulls a gun out. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to shoot him. I'm paraphrasing. And she, like, smacks him just hard. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, father, be ashamed of you. I was like, oh, 
Like I, I felt like I was getting slapped. I was like, oh my God, I'm embarrassed. Out. Like it, I don't know why. That just kind of made me feel awkward. Um I, I guess I I, that was the most drama she could bring out of her stale performance. And I was and it, it threw me off because she's like, you know, flatline, and then all of a sudden it's like beep, beep. <laughs> And then it goes back to being flatline. I'm like, oh my god! It's like, wait, I forgot. I'm an actress. I gotta do something. Okay, yeah. slap Bruce. <laughs> but she doesn't want to wait for her life to be over. <laughs> but I do have to say this, though, man. I do have to say this. I think the reason why it didn't to me that scene worked for me, <laughs> and that's because of the fact that we're we have friends that we want to just slap the sense out into them. And yeah, if they're doing it's something, shocking if your friend is like this, they're like, <laughs> and then they go, beep, beep, and you're like, oh my god, whoa, where did that came and from? I was like, oh wait, I gotta go in there and do something. Okay, oh, slap. Really? It's like when your friend just is like so calm and laid back, then all of a sudden they just like freak out, and you're like, oh my god, like that's how I felt with Katie Holmes' performance. I was like, oh my god, okay. Going Still better than Joan Hall. I mean, I hate I hated Meg Joan Hall as Rachel in the the Dark Knight. She it's was, like she didn't even. It's like she was already, there. It was like what you said about Michael Keaton, which I think you're wrong about Michael Keaton. But what you said was Michael Keaton seemed not interested. That's she looked not interested. Like, hey, what do you want? It's like she woke oh, up no. out of bed. You're the right. Joker. Oh no. Bruce, I mean, she, I mean, there's moments she kind of showed more life. The scene oh, with the, the whole sequence line. with the Joker, she showed more life than Katie Holmes a little bit. Again, I, I think whoever they cast for Rachel wasn't the part because Rachel is just a side, a side character. So it was like, it was the main, the main, they're like the main, everybody else is the main course. They're like the appetizer, but they're not the very, very tiny appetizer that no one really cares about. Like, again, how they film that 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 sequence of save Rachel or save Dent in the dark mm-hmm. and that 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 one was like my heart was racing I'm like oh my god right like and like and then well then again I gotta give credit Hans Zimmer mm-hmm. phenomenal music composer mm-hmm. he nailed the score for these movies heck he even he nailed the score for No Time to Die because he did the score for mm-hmm. No Time to Die and he just has a way. And those intense moments, like when when shit's hitting the fan, like when you're hearing the like the, the the intense music, like you're not falling asleep. He's making sure you're not falling asleep while you're watching, especially during the dark night. If you fall asleep in the dark night, that's on you, because mm-hmm. every moment is tense. Because you just you just don't know what's going to happen. That's that was that's what I loved. What I love about this trilogy is you just don't know. I I mean for me like I, I I in Dark Knight Rises I knew Batman's back was gonna get broken because I knew it was in the comics I just knew yep. it was gonna happen and and when it happened it's so brutal that you know mm-hmm. it's gonna happen but it's just like it's just like this like everything to go together but Hans Zimmer was like he makes you like makes entertaining movies that you don't want to fall asleep because he's gonna no. like jump scare you and it's like mm-hmm. wait what what happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still listen like, to the Hans Zimmer uh, scores from The Dark Knight. That's like my favorite um, album to actually listen to and everything. Matter of fact, I sometimes crank it up and everything in the car and just blast oh, Hans Zimmer. You, trying to be back but, in your car. Exactly. 
One time I actually did that once. I actually had the Batman mask, and then I tried ordering through a drive through at McDonald's. Oh, God. You're doing the Batman voice. And, Where's and I actually surprise? Had, yeah, that's I want the chicken thing. nuggets. That's the other thing. <laughs> but, uh, Where are they? <laughs> but yeah, yeah I actually had a kid voice. geek out over me, though. I actually had a kid fanboy over the fact I used the Batman voice. Oh, man. But, but, uh, and I actually have the poster for The Dark Knight Rises, the one where you see the the uh, where you see like the kind of like it's kind of like fading out with the of the, uh, the buildings. I actually I have that exact poster. That was nice. one of the few I got for me to, and I held that up in my co- college dorm. It was the one that oh, was nice. to me. I'll show it when we do whenever we do that review. But because that was one of the ones I got from working at the theater because I worked when we had the Dark Knight <laughs> Rises. You know what though, the uh, one poster that I've been wanting, the one yeah. poster that I've been wanting is the Dark Knight one with Heath Ledger holding the gun, the Tommy gun. And I remember going on eBay, looking all over for that, and Game wanting the actual movie theater poster. They were actually selling online, and it's like three hundred to four hundred dollars at that time. I'm like, never mind, I don't Shut want it that bad. Huh? I think I saw that exact one. I think you can get a lot cheaper. You might have to pay shipping and handling for it, not as much, but it's not below hundred easily. Okay. You can easily find it on Amazon. That's where I've been buying a lot of these posters. That's where I bought the Matrix poster. I got that. You happen to find it? Let me know. And yeah. right, uh, maybe, I know that you want because they have very limited stock. But yeah, um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was just the voice. Joy's like I don't remember Batman being so aggressive in his voice. It's very rough. And then there were a lot of memes that came out about it, and a lot of. <laughs> other stuff that made I think that made the movie even more popular just and it got worse in Dark Knight you know where you couldn't really understand what the hell Christian Bale was talking about when he was up against Heath Ledger mm-hmm. you know and, and well we'll get into Dark Knight but um, I think he was trying to top Ledger's performance in Dark Knight so maybe that's why the voice got a little bit more rougher, you know. But um, yeah, I I couldn't understand a word he was saying. All I heard was "oh, but, oh. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, I Rachel. Think, oh. I think the reason for it is because when he speaks normally, you kind of know it's him. I think he was trying to like trying to like it, it was a way to disguise his voice in a sense. Um, and, and in a sense, like so nobody can figure out like when he told him like when he told Rachel. Like that line, Rachel knew it was Bruce. Like mm-hmm. I think maybe think like, he did it just you know, kind of like disguise his voice in a sense. Because when he when he he talks normally, like he's got that he's got that voice already. Mm-hmm. I think he did it just like that, and maybe to go over above Ledger. But then again, like those two, like Bale and Ledger, Heath Ledger gave like top notch performances in the dark night like the two of them were on the top like everything and everybody in the dark night was this except joan hall was fantastic i mean it like i mean it's like again the dark night is just the 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 the, what everybody's trying to get to because it it set the gate it set the bar so high and that's what everybody was expecting the dark knight rises hence the kind of drop off and the diversiveness Mm -hmm. of it it's not bad. Mm-hmm. It's much better than Batman and Robin. I like that one better than Batman Forever. It's mm-hmm. it's long, 
but you're sucked into the story. And yeah. Really about it, like the the this the performance is like, oh, my mother never never told me to get in the car with strange men. This isn't a car. Like it's just like it's just, like I mean, it's just for me. It's it, it's the perfect ending. It worked for me. And and this love scene, getting J- Joseph Gordon love it in there. But whenever we cover the rises like that again, that's why I had it in my top ten in my year right. in films for 2020, 2012. It just it worked. It's much better than a lot of stuff in the nineties for me, mm-hmm. but it's the perfect ending. Gotcha. Uh, I, I, well, the, sorry. The second thing, uh, the Batman thing was spontaneous, but the second thing was I, I kind of got lost a little bit in Batman begins, but I guess that was on my part. Um, when he was telling his story to Ross slash Raish Al Ghul, Rass. And you know, <laughs> you start controversy. That's what you know. That was not literally what that old lady, Mr. Raz <laughs> Al Ghul. Yeah, she actually does that at the party. Out. Like, she, like yeah. no, everybody just leave, go home. This is a joke, just leave. Like, I love that. I just gotta say, I love that. That's my favorite line out of that scene, to be honest yeah. with you, too. Rich, what folk, a, the part get out of his house, the part I, I got a bit thrown off on was he was telling his story you know like he's coming back from Princeton and everything else I don't know why I didn't put it together that he was still narrating and talking to Ralph now I'm saying it Al Ghul but I thought okay maybe I thought this was present time you know what I mean like when he was because it makes him feel like it yeah, when he was leading up to um, meeting Falcone and going to the judge and everything else, I thought it was present time. But in my mind, I don't know why it didn't, it didn't click for me. Like, oh, we're still in the past. We're not in the present time. So, like I said, maybe that's me. That, I just, I picked up. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Tamika. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just me that I kind of didn't click over. But I didn't click over until now. Can you believe how many times I've seen Batman Begins? <laughs> and I just like, oh, we're still in the past. I, I happen to do that, too, whenever I review films, though, too. Sometimes I don't, don't click over until... I'm I mean, trying to. I'm trying to. Okay. I'm like, I kind of picked up on it because of the way he looks. Yeah. Because when you see him in the present, he's got that beard. And yeah. then when he's talking oh, yeah. to Rice, he's got that beard, the prison beard, or whatever that one he looked skinnier he looked younger the hair looked different like it just it definitely it looked like a young bruce wayne mm-hmm. that's how i kind of figure out okay we're dealing with the past situation and and of course the, the other funny thing is the scene the guy that he gives the coat to and oh, like yeah. and then like the like he, he he joins with liam neeson and taken two <laughs> he's the <gasps> bad guy in taken two no, really, and I believe that's the most interesting man in the world. That was from the, oh ri- the original Guinness. That's the same guy, that's the guy that's hunting down um Brian Mills and taking two. Oh my goodness, that's so crazy! All for a coat. No, I don't know, it was about a coat, but I just know that I recognize the face and the way he talks. I remember, yeah, that's the guy that's from taking two. Oh my gosh, Batman Begins has um, I don't know it. it <laughs> a lot of things have come out of it. We got Joffrey, and now you say we got the villain from Taken Two, and we got Brian Mills like coming oh out of this gosh. one. Um, this is crazy. Yeah, 
You got Katie Holmes escaping from Tom Cruise. Yeah, we got like a (laughs) six degrees of Kevin Bacon type of stuff going on here with Batman Begins. Yeah. Seven degrees of Batman. There you go. Seven (laughs) degrees of Batman. That's even better. But yeah, one of my favorite lines, though, too, is the one line where he goes, it's not who I am underneath, but what I do that defines me. That's still something that I still want to get tattooed on me for a Batman tattoo. Where would you put it? I would actually put it on this arm since I already got this other tattoo right here. Oh, you showing tattoos now? <laughs> I got one. I can't show the other one because the other one's on my back. See, so. See I got one, too. <laughs> want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> I, I see what you did there. One hour yeah. of pain. I, got I don't have any tattoos. I don't want any, honestly. It's like I, I don't want to have to pay for something to get it off my body. Why would I want to put it on there for me? That's that. That's me. It's just like, yeah, no, I just. Yeah. I, I pick my me. tattoos carefully because I know they're anyways for the rest of my life. <laughs> so, final thoughts on Batman Begins. Um. I'll let you both go on ahead and open up with your final thoughts on it. And then after that, I'll go into mine. Charlie can go. Great movie. This is such a great movie. It's revived. It's probably one of the better trilogies out there. Um, like everybody's like, Oh, star Wars. I'm like recent. Let's go recent here. Oh, oh okay. Recent. Okay. Like I, I think, I think for me, this one is the, like is the start of like one of the best trilogies out there. It's got a beginning. It's got a middle. It's got an end. And, and 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 I think for me the ending worked like like well, this is a great movie. It's got a great beginning, fantastic middle. The end is very diverse with the people. Some hate it, some like it. I liked it because it did it what it did what it needed to do. It didn't go on longer. It didn't make another movie for the sake of making another movie. It it was always going to end that way. Could have been better. Yeah, sure. But still not a bad movie. Like again, like it it did what it needs to. And Christopher Nolan is like, I mean, he made Batman awesome. And I gotta give him credit for it. This is a great beginning. And it's set and the way they set up the sequel, which I didn't pick up on it till later on after I watched The Dark Knight. And then I realized, oh my god, they teased the Joker in this the end of this movie with the calling card. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, that okay. Then now that made sense of why he was going after the Joker in the Dark Knight because he was he, Gordon gave him the calling card and he saw Joker on him like that was a nice setup that so there's always a good setup to the next movie and, that, and I think in a transition per se and Christopher Nolan is probably one of the better directors to take over this franchise he nailed it and he got he got eight top performances besides the people that played Rachel. Um, in these movies, and Talia, to a degree, yeah. um, great. She was interesting until the ending, but yeah. whatever. But you you get guys in there, and then he works with he works in other movies with you, and he's he gets people that he can he can work with, mm-hmm. and and I, I love a director that's doing it, and he gets the top performances out of them. Like like you want to work for Nolan and. And he cares about the cinema, and he like he tries to improves in every movie he does. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 that's I, that's why I love about Nolan. He's one of my favorite directors, and he just nails Batman with this one. It's it, it doesn't feel like two hours and ten minutes because that's how long this actual movie was, not including the the ten minutes of credits. But mm-hmm. no one nailed it, and it's an easy nine out nine out of ten for me on this one. 
Um, I, I guess for me, even as a person that loves Michael Keaton's Batman, I can't appreciate uh, Nolan's Batman as well. Um, I, I just really like how Nolan expands upon the journey of Bruce Wayne. Like, that's something I haven't seen before. And I guess deep down, that's something that I always wonder what else happened, you know? Because like I say, in all the Batman movies, it cuts off with parents dead, pow, and now I'm Batman. You know, it kind of fills in the gaps. And uh, I like Nolan, too. Uh, He seems to always tap into your subconscious and brings to the surface, like, I don't know, like dreams or fears. Time. Yeah, time. He's like really deep and into the psychological aspects of human nature and everything, all that deep stuff. But yeah, um, I like Batman Begins. Uh, I've seen it multiple times. Uh, Yeah, I don't know what else to say. This is a great movie, minus um, Katie Holmes' flatlining performance. (laughs) And slapping Bruce. But for, you. <laughs> well, for me, the this is what I'm going to say, too. I definitely agree with you, Tamika. I love Keaton and everything. But what I liked about Christopher Nolan's vision is the storytelling within itself rather than saying, mm-hmm. oh, here's Batman. He can already fight. And here you go. Mm-hmm. This one is, yeah, his parents died. He's dealing with the death of his, fa- of his parents while also dealing with that. He's also dealing with the guilt, if it wasn't for me, my parents would, wouldn't have left the theater. Mm-hmm. They would still have been alive if I wasn't having the PTSD moment of being afraid of the bats because of what happened in my younger childhood. Mm-hmm. That was also another thing I appreciated with Nolan. And he works with, he doesn't get actors just for the sake of getting actors that he's worked with. He gets actors in there to actually help motivate the plot and help also to help the story grow. And that's something else that I appreciated from a storyteller like Christopher Nolan, who appreciates cinema as much as we do, who are fans of, of cinema and who love going. And then also, too, I like the originality behind it. Yeah, he used some stuff from the comics, but also adapted it into his own way. It's like loosely um, loosely based on the comics, which is something that I really did appreciate from that. And also gives us a whole entire new visual of Gotham City. The movie's perfectly well pacing. I, to be honest with you, I agree with Charlie on this. The pacing of the film is fantastic. Never once did I ever thought that this movie was too long. I felt like once I'm in there, that's it. It just keeps on going. There's no stopping it. There might be the very beginning where it's like a slow burn kind of, but once you get past the introduction into Bruce's world, it just keeps on going like nonstop. So I definitely appreciate it. Batman Begins for what it is. Um, But yeah, I thought it was a solid film. I can't wait to re, uh, revisit The Dark Knight tomorrow night <laughs> at uh, 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern Time. That's also when, um, when we're going to be reviewing the next uh, one in our vi- revisiting series. But, uh, Tamika, where can everybody follow you at if they want to go on ahead and follow you on social media and also listen to your podcast and all that good stuff? <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, um, it's Two Blurred Girls podcast. Uh, we are on Facebook at Two Blurred Girls Podcast. We are also on um, we are also on um, YouTube, Two Blurred Girls Podcast. That's our channel. 
We are on Twitter at Blurred Two Girls. We are on Instagram at Two Blurred Girls underscore podcast. We're on Twitch. Same name. There's a theme. Um, where we also have an audio podcast. An audio podcast is on Good Pods, which John will go more in detail about Good Pods. Uh, we're also on Apple, Google. We are also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, everywhere that you can get streaming podcasts. And last Friday, we did our documentary for our Black History Month episode, Dreamland, the Burning of Wall Street. Check that out on our streaming channels and also on our audio podcast. And this Friday, we're going to continue with Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, but we're going to wrap it up because um, we can't do 64 episodes. So we're, we're just going to continue on from where we left off which I believe would be 13, 13 through 16. And then we'll probably just kind of lead you into how it ends or tell you to go watch it and see how it ends for yourself. So that's it. Okay. And so that's going to be it for our Dark Knight. Uh, well, not Dark Knight, but our Batman Begins episode. But if you guys want to, go ahead and follow me underneath Movie Lovers, TV Lovers Tonight on Facebook, underneath the same brand name on Instagram, and on Pinterest as well. If you want to get an audio-only podcast of our episode, you can get that where you guys get your podcast from. Also, too, I'd like to make a sub. We're also on Good Pods. Good Pods is like social networking for podcasters, or if you're like listening to podcasts, you can rate individual episodes. Where you can also talk to us. We'll reply back to you. Tell us what you think. Give us a five-star rating. That also helps other people to uh, find our podcast. Also, too, rating us on Spotify, like I mentioned earlier before the show, also helps other people to find our shows. And also, too, ranking us. And then also on Apple Podcasts as well. That's also another place that you guys can listen to us. We're pretty much on all all platforms, all the popular pl- platforms. So go ahead, if you whatever popular one that you have and you want to listen just go and follow us under your movie love tonight or under two blur girls uh for tamika and then of course you know you guys can go on ahead follow me on on tiktok as well i sometimes do videos and stuff like that on tiktok at movie lovers unit zero and then of course on twitter as well at movie lovers unit over there then of course you guys can go on ahead and if you want to, you guys can donate to the page. How do you do that? You just go to GoFundMe.com forward slash Movie Lovers Podcast. Donate five ten dollars over there. But clicking on the bottom right hand corner where that bill is, allow you guys to know when we have something new here. Hit that notification button. Hit that smash smash that subscribe button. Smash that like button. That helps us in a long way. And of course, follow me on Movie Lovers Unit. Like I said on Twitter. If you want to be on the show, if you're a sponsor yourself, just go on and reach out to me at Movie Lovers Unite at gmail.com. And that's everywhere you can reach me at. But before we finish up, I want to go ahead and say this. Tomorrow night, like I said, we're going to do a Dark Knight uh, review. And that's going to be at 8 o'clock time, 9 o'clock Eastern time for that. And then Thursday night, uh, I'm going to have Rossi McCree, independent actress Rossi McCree, back with me. And we're going to be reviewing the Sydney uh, Potty. How do you say his name, Tamika? Portier. Portier, yeah. yeah. Uh, film. Guess who's coming to dinner? So that's going to be interesting. I cannot wait to check this movie out. This is for Black History Month. So that's why we're doing that film. It came out in 1962. I love doing these old movie reviews. And then Friday night, um, I'm going to have Alex on the show with me. And we're going to be, matter of fact, we're going to be interviewing the actor Dean from Game Day. 
And we actually got a chance to review the game day together. It's a little small indie film. You guys can check that out on our channel. And also, too, going ahead in the description, you can actually go into the information and you can rent game day. And then you can go on ahead, watch that, and then uh, listen to the interview uh, on Friday night. That will actually help you out as well. But that's going to be at 9 o'clock Central Time, 10 o'clock Eastern Time for that one. So... That's going to be it for the show. I do appreciate everybody tuning in. I do appreciate it. Thank you, Tamika, as always, for coming on the show and being an awesome you. guest and also to my co- co-host as well because you're the one who stuck with me in 2020, and I just want to say thank you for that too. So, anyways, uh, always until next time. It's been real. It's been fun. Can we do this again? Peace out.